We give glory and honor to God for granting us this opportunity to share with you this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Welcome, my dear listener, to this promising session of the New Life Program. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Maureen Komboka is on standby with the Family Life segment. Today, she'll be talking about bedtime boundaries. Sister Becky Runga will also be joining us with a very interesting topic during the Bible session. And Bakasi Central Church Choir starts us off with the song Ninjia Epi. Enjoy. Shida zako hazita toka hivyo Bila wewe 
Bila wewe kuenda kwa ke Yesu Binadamu hata kusahilia Dugu kutuka Mkwamazi hata kuacha kamwe Mana yeye ni mwingi warehema Ana kuhita mkwamazi Dugu njoleo this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Let us now give way to Maureen Komboka to talk about bedtime boundaries. Be blessed. Hello, dear listener. On our parenting scene today, we'll talk about bedtime boundaries. I'm your presenter, Maureen Komboka. It seems so logical. The bundle of joy, just two days out of the hospital, is exercising her lungs at 2 a.m. Why not just feed her, slip her into your bed, nestle her for the night, and drop back off to sleep? The plan sounds workable enough, except for one small factor. Two-week-old infants become two-months-old babies who become two-year-old toddlers who become well. What do they become? Hard to put to bed. The mother of two elementary school girls shares this story. When my children were babies, she says, it was so easy to just let them sleep in our bed. Somehow, I never established a clear set of rules for bedtime. Since my husband works at night, I found comfort in letting the children stay up later than they probably should have. I never require them to fall asleep in their own beds. We would relax on my bed and I'll pop in a videotape or read the girls a book and they would eventually fall asleep. I never require them to fall asleep in their own beds. We would relax on our bed and I'll pop in a videotape or read the girls a book and they would eventually fall asleep. Then I'll carry them into their rooms. Now, it's impossible to send them to their rooms at bedtime. I have to set them up in my room with a tape then steer them into their rooms after they fall asleep. The story is not an unusual one. In households, after households, parents have decided that it's not worth the battle. Why fight with the kids if they can fall asleep in front of the television? Conflict can be avoided and everybody is happier, right? Wrong. In families that have not set clear bedtime boundaries for their children, roles become blood and their rights of parents obstructed. Peace may appear to reign in the home, but the children are in control, holding their parents hostage to their own wishes and desires. The mother of the two girls explains it this way. I can't even talk on the phone in the evening with all the children interrupting for something. As soon as it rings, they're out of bed looking for just one more snack or one last drink. And while some families avoid conflict every evening by refusing to put their children to bed, Others fight an exhausting battle night after night. The scene is replayed in thousands of homes every evening. 
Okay, boys, time to brush your teeth, says the optimistic parents. Not yet, comes the emphatic response. Right now. But dad, we just got these toys out. Boys get moving. We go through this every night. But dad, no buts about it. Now go. And the conflict has just begun. In the bathroom, five-year-old Ed and six-year-old Joe engage in a little bit of water play. After much barking from the commander on the sidelines, the boys finish the toothbrushing process. Then they tumble into Ed's room and start a wrestling match on the bed. After five more threats and two well-placed swords, Ed and Joe settle into their own beds. As Dad wearily walks down the hall, two voices sound out in chorus, I'm thirsty. Bedtime, it's easy to imagine why some parents avoid the hassle altogether. Why fight it? Play it easy? Let the kids snuggle in with mom and dad or fall asleep in front of the TV. Between these two extremes, there's a solution. Bedtime does not have to be a shouting match or a surrender. It can be a simple, well-established routine. One of the most important reasons for instituting a sound bedtime plan in your house has to do with boundaries. Psychologists tell us that, as people, we need to be in touch with our own needs for space and individuality. In the setting of the home, parents and children alike need to establish themselves not only as a family unit, but as distinct, separate individuals. By requiring a specific bedtime and sticking to it, parents can help children to respect the rights of others and to understand their own place in the home as individuals. So how do you do it? Where do you start? Let us get back to that two-week-old bundle of joy, exercising a lungs at 2 a.m. How do you respond when your baby calls out in the night, feed her? Cuddle her, rock her, love her, and then put her back in a crib. And as she grows older and develops a mind and a will of her own, what then? That marks the end of our topic today. We'll continue with the same topic next time. I've been your presenter, Marine Kompoka. We appreciate those who have given us their thoughts concerning this program. We are here just for you. For those who have never communicated to us, you can start today by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awr Here is a song Ujumbe by Embakasi Central Church. Fun.
anakuja duniani wasafiri wote watapotishwa milele wasione kamwe magumu mapya duniani karibu na wewe siku zote niwe Nimekaribia mbinguni kwako karibu na wewe siku zote niwe zaidi ya jana nimekaribia mbinguni kwako Simama kilio sasa au furaha peleleza moyo ni dunia au mbingu tiulize sasa we magugu au ngano umepoteza muda ama taji utabekwa furaha milele maisha mapya ndani yake Karibia mbinguni kwako karibu na wewe siku zote niwe zaidi ya jana nimekaribia mbinguni kwako karibu na wewe siku zote niwe zaidi ya jana nimekaribia mbinguni kwako karibu na I hope that you've been looking forward to the Bible segment. Join me as I welcome Sister Becky Arunga. Beloved of God, what a privilege it is to find time yet again to study God's word and to know his perfect will in our lives. I invite you this day from wherever place that you are, whatsoever activity that you're doing, just to take some moments and direct your thoughts to the word of Jesus Christ that we shall speak this day and we shall study together. Find your Bible that together we may go through the scripture to understand exactly what God has in store for us. I am Becky Arunga, let us pray. Heavenly Father, it is joy 
It is a privilege that you have entrusted us with these precious moments to study your word of truth. Lord, we thank you for we have life in us. And as long as we sit at your feet, we shall continually have the abundance of life. And Lord, I pray that at this juncture, we get to study your word. Teach us, Lord, to abide continually in your presence. For I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I am filled with joy because I wanted to study a topic so pertinent to our lives as Christians. Or rather, a topic that involves the decision that we make to follow God daily. Now we study about the divinity of Jesus and just to know how yet he was truly God at the same time he was truly man. And a chapter common in the experience of a Christian is John chapter 3 where we encounter Jesus and a man named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, a very influential man. But in his quiet moment, he felt that he needed to encounter Jesus, the master teacher, that he could be able to understand exactly his footing regarding the kingdom of God. Now John chapter 3, reading from verse 1, this is what the gospel has to say. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, beloved, allow me to leave it at this juncture even as we proceed. We realize that the account comes with the introduction of this man who came to see Jesus. And we are told that there was a man of the Pharisees. So the first thing we learn about Nicodemus is that he was a Pharisee. Now, to be a Pharisee means in matters law, he was the best. He was schooled in the law. He knew exactly what the law of Moses and the prophets required of him. When it came to the letter of the law regarding what ought to be done and what ought not to be done, he was perfect in it. He knew it and he could actually defend it. And that's why we are told that he was a ruler. He was made a ruler because of his prowess or rather how best he knew the law. But even despite all this knowledge, despite being the ruler, Nicodemus realized that there was someone in their midst who was greater than him. He realized that there was someone who had a doctrine most pure. He realized there was someone who was imbued with a lot of power and strength to do so much that none could be able to do on a daily basis. And so Nicodemus goes to Jesus by night, I, I think it's because he feared to see the Jews or he feared what his reputation would fall in when it is realized that he had been with Christ. And so his meeting in the night, he goes to Christ and this is what he says. You are a teacher come from God. And at this juncture, I just pose a question and ask in your quest to share the word of God, can it be known can someone take note that you are from God? Do your words, your conduct, your omissions, and everything that makes you up, can it tell someone that you are a teacher from God? Because Jesus Christ, by virtue of his actions, his deeds, his words, and anything you fail to do, 
this Nicodemus came to recognize that surely he was a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So actually the opening statement of Nicodemus is in essence acknowledging that this man Jesus is from God. And this man Jesus has powers that no one can unless the same person has been with God. But Jesus Christ does not give so much attention to what Nicodemus is saying. And in verse 3, he goes straight to the point. And it's like as if he has discerned the thought of this man who came to seek him in the night. It appears as if he had known exactly what Nicodemus wanted. And verse 3, Jesus said, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In essence, Jesus had seen the desire of, of Nicodemus he was able to discern the heart of Nicodemus because he knew what was in man if you read John chapter 2 verse 25 it says that and had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man as in as Nicodemus is testifying of who Jesus Christ is previously the writer had told us that Jesus even though he did signs and wonders and many believed in him He committed himself not to any for he knew what was in man and required that none should testify of man. So in essence Jesus has already known what is in Nicodemus heart and this one startling statement he makes I say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now beloved it is as serious as it sounds. Christ is saying unless meaning that There is no other way of seeing God unless you are born again. And it doesn't mean you go back to your mother's womb. It means that you must change your thinking process. You must have a renewed mind. You must have a mind that is willing to do the perfect will of God. A mind that is not driven by self but is driven by Jesus Christ. Now the writer of Philippians records to us what does it mean to be born again? Or rather what does it mean to allow the spirit of God to work in you? Because without it, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Philippians 2 verse 5 tells us, "Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus." So in essence that the mind of Christ is what we ought to have, is what entails us being born again. That we change, we we'll turn away from our past thinking process and start thinking as Jesus would have. That instead of exalting ourselves, we pick humility. that Jesus had that him being in very essence God did not consider equality with God something to worry about but he became humble and obedient unto death even death on the cross as uh, secondly we look at the book of Romans chapter 12 it is also telling us that there is need 
for a renewal of mind. It tells us in verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In essence, to tell us that for us to see the kingdom of God, we must prove what is good and acceptable, the perfect will of God. And this can only be done when you are born again. It doesn't mean that you do works of mercy, but it simply means your relationship with God brings forth certain fruits that is recorded as love, joy, Peace, patience, goodness, self-control, humility, kindness, godliness, gentleness, against which there is no law. Galatians 5.22 Now, beloved, as you are sitting, standing, whatsoever activity you're going through, remember this day God is telling you one thing. Unless you are born again, unless you have the mind of Christ in you, unless you are transformed by the renewing of your mind, you shall not see the kingdom of God. It is a high time that we sought the face of God, that we may experience the joy of full salvation. Let us pray. Thank you, everlasting Father. Even as Nicodemus sought you in the night, we too are seeking you, that, Lord, you may read and search through our hearts, for you are able to do that, and give us the perfect antidote for all our suffering, for all our uncertainties in life. And that is, allow us to be born again. Give us strength to have our minds renewed and transformed by your love. Give us the ability to be humble, to have the fruit of the Spirit manifested in our hearts. Long, Lord, we have done actions contrary to thy will, but this day we come, just as we are, fill us with your love. Thank you for answering our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. It has been Beautiful studying God's word together. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe as you purpose to serve him in truth and in spirit. Till next time, be blessed. It has been nice having your company. In case you have any views, comments, or questions about the show, kindly write to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awr at ek.adventist.org. Until next time, I've been a presenter, Samuel Mangi. <laughs> Zinazo kukumba kila siku katika maisha yako Watu wengi wanafikiria kwamba Wakisema sema shida zao kwa watu Wanazitatua shida zao Badala ya kumwambia mkombozi Watu wengi wanafikiria kwamba Wakisema sema shida zao kwa watu Wanazitatua shida zao Badala ya Mwambia mkombozi Shida zako hazita toka hivyo Bila wewe kuhenda kwa kiesu Bila damu hata kusaidia Ndugu kutuka Mkombozi hata kuacha kamwe Mana yeye ni mwingi warehema Ana kuhita mkombozi
ukombozi ndugu njoleo shida zako azitatoka hivyo bila wewe kuenda kwake Yesu binadamu atakusaidia ndugu tuka ukombozi atakuacha kamwe maana yeye ni mwingi wa rehema anakuita mkombozi